everybody Ben here for the Bonnet Podcast and it is breaking news time. I don't know, we've been expecting it so it's not really breaking news. The FAQ has landed. Now you'll have to forgive me, I've got a bit of a, a hoarseness to my throat after our last tournament at the weekend which was Bonehead Bowl. <laughs> Had such a good time and we did coverage so I'm a bit hoarse of the throat. Next tournament is in February at Beachhead so tickets are available now so come along to our next tournament now we've been expecting the faq games workshop have announced that they're going to be doing a may faq and a november faq and we're going to have a look at all the things that have changed in blood bowl all the things that have been clarified in blood bowl and quite frankly this might be the best faq yet okay so i put in the link to the video below and a link to the podcast version as well so you can go straight to the designers commentary for november 2022 there's no article up yet on the warhammer community i just happened to sort of swing by and refresh the feed and uh boom it's right there okay so what we're going to do is we're going to go through and have a look at everything that is marked in magenta so they do a great job here they say our commentaries are regularly updated uh, when changes are made any changes from previous versions will be highlighted in magenta this is huge control f bro it's actually searchable this time here which is incredibly useful the last faq was just a a flat pdf where you couldn't search any keywords you can search keywords now which um, is just so useful anyway that's i don't know that's just a useful thing that they've done so good job games workshop for that okay so as we scroll down we can have a look and see where our changes are okay um this is a pretty much side case one uh, if a team with the low cost lineman special rule is forced to take on journeyman does the value of the journeyman increase the current team value of the team no okay that makes a lot of sense low cost lineman being induced as journeyman uh so for an ogre team a snotling team uh, it doesn't actually add team value which makes sense because they're low cost linemen so that makes a lot of sense um whose team is below 11 with those guys um that's brutal actually okay so next one up if a player that wishes to jump over another player that has no movement allowance remaining can they rush to jump over the player if so how many rushes are required so movement the player has got movement six they move six squares then they want to jump over a player how many rush rolls well they're going to be moving eight squares so eight minus six is two answer yes two rush rolls will be required one for each space moved if the first rush is failed the player will fall over in the square they were in rather than the one that they were jumping into so that's a really useful clarification i don't think that one in particular comes up very often um but it's nice to get these things clarified i can see it come up as a game state like well you you tend to fall over in the square you're going to if you make a rush well, that clarification is really useful. Okay, so that's good. That's not game changing. That's just clarification. Perfect. Uh, next one up. If a player is sent off, which happens first? Bribe or argue the call? Um, argue the call goes first, followed by bribes if required. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, next one. If a coach is ejected for having rolled a one when attempting to argue the call, are they only prevented from using a bribe inducement for that one sending off or for the rest of the game? It is just for that one particular sending off so that's good that helps keep the rules kind of lined up uh, so if you've got two bribes even if you get sent off after trying to use like the, after trying to stop it from happening once you still get to use your bribes in the future uh, so that makes a lot of sense so i like that too 
next up when a player uses the dauntless skill um when a player with the dauntless skill declares a block action can they choose to not perform the block action if they do not roll the desired result for the dauntless skill uh, no they must still perform the block action all right again that makes a lot of sense that's how we would have ruled it uh so troll slayer uh goes up to a troll uh, we saw this at the weekend right uh trolls there goes to the troll makes that dauntless roll doesn't get it then chooses not to block doesn't make a lot of sense so actually the fact that okay i'm gonna make a block use dauntless regardless of the outcome you have to block uh, that's how i've seen that's how it gets played so that one is just a nice bit of clarification <gasps> nothing on the next page this is nice we're getting to a place where hopefully the rules are going to be kind of consistent for a bit knock on wood does a player with the animosity x trait make the roll to see whether they can perform a pass action or handoff action to the relevant player at the start of their activation or just before attempting the desired action animosity x states when they attempt to perform the action so the roll will be made immediately before they attempt to perform the action not at the start of their activation so what that means in normal terms and the reason that question has been raised i think we'll probably start there foul appearance made a sequencing change and the same with um, with with dump off when a blitz action is declared when a blitz is declared you declare the target and at that point you roll foul appearance when a handoff action or pass action is declared you don't need to declare the target until you go for actually the pass or actually the handoff so the animosity roll is made there so you can move up declare the target then you roll for animosity to see if it comes into play so i like that one a lot it just makes sense uh, next up, if a player with the ball and chain trait performs a block action against a teammate as a result of the ball and chain moves back in action, which coach chooses the result of the block action? It is the uh, coach of the player performing the block action. That's always how we've played it. Uh, but again, good to have that extra bit of clarity there. So if your ball and chain hits your own guy, you roll the dice, you pick the dice. So actually... It's a pretty useful thing to be able to have. If a player making a throw bomb special action fumbles the bomb, does this cause a turnover? No. Okay, now we've... This is probably one of the rules that has been... That has ebbed and flowed most frequently. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, and I think we've got it wrong a couple of times on the channel as well. This is huge. This makes bombers even better. There's no downside now in just opening your activation with Bomber Dribble Stop with Cindy Pie Whistle. There's just no downside. If you double run, eh, never mind. As long as the ball carrier isn't within range and doesn't die, then you're fine and free. So that's kind of massive. And oh, as a clarification, it's useful. It's useful because there's always kind of like, well, it's fumbling the ball. Fumbling is a, is a turnover. Not with the bomb, you're clear to go. Okay, next up, can a player use a team reroll to fail? Oh yeah, to reroll a failed loner roll. No. Okay. Um, have we seen that tried to be done? I think so. I think we've seen that done. I think that's a good bit of clarification. It makes a lot of sense. Because can you reroll? <laughs> can you reroll the loner roll? Uh, would you need to roll a loner to re-roll the loner roll? It creates kind of like a kaleidoscope and we want to ignore that. So um, get rid of that. Perfect. Can a player with the no hands trait attempt to interfere with a pass action in order to automatically fail and force the ball to bounce? No, if you don't have hands, you can't get in the way of the pass. Uh, I don't know if I massively agree with that one. But if you think about the 
the players who have the no hands rule with the exception of the ghost and the ghost can't pick it up because the ghost is ghostly you know chainsaw getting in the way of the ball would be problematic ball and chain getting in the way of the ball would be problematic so i, I think you're fine i think that makes a lot of sense uh does a player with a pogo stick trait still suffer the minus one modifier to their agility test when attempting to leap away from a player with prehensile tail no a player with the pogo stick trait ignores all negative modifiers applied for being marked when attempting to leap so pogo stick is just a jump to the top of the rules ignore stuff trait i like that uh, the next one is does a player with the pogo stick trait still suffer minus two to their agility test when attempting to leap away from a player who uses the diving tackle skill no a player with a pogo stick trait ignores all negative modifiers applied for being marked when attempting to leap okay so pogo stick is as good as we thought um if a player suffers a casualty then rolls four plus for their regeneration trait allowing them not to suffer the casualty does a player that inflicted the casualty still gain ssp spp yes it does okay good that's how i've been ruling it for ages as well so that makes a lot of sense too nice to see some clarifications here um man we've got a real edge case here uh if one half of grack and crumbleberry or the swift twins is ko'd or suffers a casualty then the other replaces their loner four plus with loner two plus does this revert back to loner four plus if the ko or casualty player returns to the pitch in any way or does it remain loner two plus it remains as loner two plus so if grack or crumbleberry get ko'd one of them then the other one upgrades their loner to loner two plus for the rest of the game again real edge case it will come up at a tournament or something but not too frequently which again is fine it's always nice to have clarifications here we go we got the two biggest questions frequently asked in blood bowl sevens here now this is how we've been ruling them forever in the blood bowl sevens if a ball would land in a square in the area between both lines of scrimmage and a high kick result is rolled on the kickoff table can a player on the receiving team still be placed in the square where the ball was going to land yes so high kick in sevens you can land the ball in between um the two deployment zones okay in the no man's land high kick means your guy can move forward the next question is about on the ball and on the ball allows you to go uh, into the area between uh, both lines of scrimmage as well. So high kick and on the ball, both events and skills allow the player to move into the neutral zone. Now that's how we've been ruling it and it makes a lot of sense. So that I like that too. Does a prone player on a Norse team roll a d6 for each beer ball? Uh, they are in range of as per the pick me up trait or only a d6 regardless of how many beer balls just the one d6 so if there's two beer balls you only jump up for the one if a beer ball stands up as a result of another beer balls pick me up trait can the other teammates now benefit from its own pick me up trait no it all kind of triggers at the start of that phase so if a beer ball is down that beer ball doesn't activate to cause beer ball stand up power man <laughs> i've got some edge case rules in here i love this okay so this is this bit here is what we've been waiting for really and we haven't been waiting for very very long so i'm really pleased with this this is spike magazine issue 15 can the hit and run trait be used as part of a blitz action yes as hit and run can be used during a block action and a blitz action contains a block action so this is one of the things i got wrong when i first read the rules a block action a blitz action 
they're the same thing or at least a blitz is a special action that incorporates move and block uh, unless it's done otherwise so hit and run can be used as part of a blitz so you can declare blitz move in punch then use hit and run to freely move into an unmarked square which is awesome absolutely awesome question number two can hit and run be used after a block performed by a player with a frenzy skill resulting in a pushback in order to move away from the targeted player and not perform the second block no frenzy requires the player to have follow up and um requires the player to have to follow up and perform the second block hit and run may be used after the second block is normal love that too again i think this is what we discussed in the podcast if like frenzy have to kind of forces you to follow up and then make that second block and then afterwards you can follow up and then make that hit and run move so it's still really good uh, just a nice bit of clarification this next one is my favorite though because this is exactly how we ruled it and this is something we've seen a lot of uh, question wise when a player is affected by estelle leveno baleful heart uh, estelle's baleful hex special rule does this mean the player must be activated last during the next team turn or that the player cannot be activated at all during the next team turn the player cannot be activated at all during the next team turn so estelle is pretty great that once per game two plus spell she's got to just bonehead someone for an entire turn is as good as it looks so that's really cool really glad to see they've got that right and that we got that right and that they've clarified it i love that um if creek rust gouger is sent off as per the secret weapon trait but his coach successfully argues the call can he still use his i'll be back special rule the next time he's sent off as per the secret weapon trait no okay so creek rust gouger's ability says the the first time he's sent off he's not sent off so that first time don't argue the call you don't need to he won't be sent off so it, it, i like that that makes a lot of sense and it's a good bit of clarification okay uh there's a couple of really big ones here and i'm very excited about these so uh inducements they've changed up or clarified should we say the way inducements work now this is really big and is going to make i think a really positive impact in league so um how it works now uh if one team has a lower team value ctv then it will be given petty cash to spend on inducements we know that already but the team with the higher ctv gets the opportunity to spend gold pieces from their treasury the team with the lower ctv then gets an amount of petty cash equal to the difference in team value plus the gold spent by the other team now this i think goes back to how it was in the last edition uh, the team uh, with a lower CTV can then spend this cash on inducements. Uh, anything not spent is lost and keep up payments or they may take your house. This is how it used to be, which is awesome. I know from experience in League that um, that's not how it's been run. That's not how uh, Tor Play runs it. So you can just spend your cash and then anything, any difference is then applied with prayers to nuffle. Prayers to nuffle, garbage compared to you know any other inducement fun but garbage uh so this this being clarified is beautiful so again this goes back to how it used to be so if i'm at 1200 and i want to buy a bomber that goes mick takes me to 1250 basically you're playing a million you get 250k of petty cash you can then apply your own gold to that as freely as you like what this means now is that I can't just buy bomber out of petty cash and be a higher team value 
and it not affect how much petty cash you get. This takes it back to how it was in Blood Bowl 2016, and I think it's a really positive thing. And it is going to affect how often we see Bomber and stuff like that, because it's kind of free. Like, I could take Bomber, and you're maybe going to get Mighty Blow on one of your guys that doesn't have Loner Plus for a drive. <laughs> it's just... It's just a balancing factor. Now, if I buy Bomber, you can probably buy Bomber too. Or Cindy. <laughs> Unless you're Chaos, in which case you lose. But everybody else has got Bombers for 50k. Anyway, love that. Really positive move. And the second one is the one you've all been waiting for. Throw Teammate has almost been fixed now. Here we go. So page 54, landing in an occupied sphere, square. Um, if after the scatter has been resolved, the throne player lands in an occupied square, the player occupying the square is knocked down, and an armor roll, an injury roll, etc. If the player occupying the square is a teammate, then a turnover will be caused. The throne player will bounce. Uh, da, 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 basically, from all this, they've got the sequence here. It will only cause a turnover if the throne player has the ball, or if you land on your own player uh if the player occupying the square is a teammate then the turnover will be caused so you can now go back to throwing your noblars throwing your snotlings at opponents cages all day long unless your snotling has the ball or one of your own players is there and you're likely to hit them absolutely love this throw teammate is back it is not perfect but it is fixed i think and i think if you are throwing your player at a place where one of your players is and i think if they get hit i think it's a turnover and i think that's fair enough but actually you can go back to just throwing your players for as much as you like here so um the sequence goes here if the player occupying the square is knocked down an armor roll and possible injury roll is made against them even if they were already prone or stunned if the player occupying the square is a teammate then a turnover will be caused the thrown player will bounce as if they were the ball from the square they land in and will automatically be knocked down upon landing however unlike normal when a player is knocked down during their uh, own team turn this will not cause a turnover unless the throne player was holding the ball should the throne player bounce into another occupied square the above process is repeated so throw teammate is fixed it will only cause a turnover if you're throwing the guy with the ball and he hits a guy because it automatically fails the landing or if you hit your own friendly player with your throne teammate which i think is very fair so throw teammate is back that's huge rules really 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 happy with that and um there's only one other little bit there for spike journal a page they missed off thick skull for the uh, norse raiders which i think is probably on the dungeon bowl bit i'm kind of surprised to not see the prices fixed for the amazon um bit of dungeon bowl yeah, that's not been fixed. So a couple of big takeaways there. Uh, no tier changes. No star player price changes. So Bomber, still Bomber. Cindy Pie Whistle has landed. I think we could kind of gauge that that was going to be the state. I expect in May next year, both of them to go up to 70, 75k. I think that's just fine. That would be good. Fixing the petty cash is going to give a much better league experience. I, I know it doesn't seem like much, but if you're in a final if you're in a, if you're in a game where you've got an opponent that's a season ahead of you or 200k above and they've just got loads of gold 
historically there's nothing to stop them from just i'll oh, just i'll just hire hack phlegm and you get four rolls on that table that's just not fun there's just no benefit to it um them fixing that is massive and i love that and fixing throw teammate for all intents and purposes i really love that that just makes it a lot of fun the rest of what we saw makes a lot of sense there's nothing there that changes anything that isn't logical uh the bomb not causing a fumble uh, not causing a turnover on a fumble is a nice bit of clarification i like that too animosity being cleared up works this is the best faq i've seen from games workshop there's nothing ambiguous in here they've not changed a massive amount of stuff they've brought he a throw teammate back into the mix they've 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 fixed that petty cash thing um there's obviously going to be a few things that are still kicking around that um we want clarifying but i, I can't think of them right now <laughs> and, and you know what that's cool they, they've clarified that sevens bit i'm really pleased with this i'm really pleased with this i know there's still a few things there that, that, that they're gonna have to clarify but I'm really pleased with this. This is good work. This is bringing Blood Bowl into a place where actually... Alright, there's a lot of studying to do. Um, but a lot of this is going to come up by edge cases. So you're going to be like, right, I can... Can I re-roll loner failed? Can I re-roll a failed loner roll? And how do... You, you go to the FAQ. Can I do that? You can't do that. Okay, never mind. And on with your life. Which is exactly what the FAQ should be. So the FAQ should be for clarifications, frequently asked questions... And just double checking those weird edge cases from the rules. And that's where it is. They fixed it. Absolutely love it. Really good job. Let me just see if Hackflem's still in there. As the cost. Yeah, they've still got the cost changes. That's good. And the fact they've made it searchable. That is a completely massive win. Anyway, guys, let me know if you think there's anything still missing, still outstanding from the FAQ. I know there's going to be some stuff, and I imagine as soon as I sign off this video, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, this. But you know what? There's always May next year. Anyway, let me know your thoughts, and we'll be back again soon with more Bubble content. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to support the channel even further, please like and subscribe. It really does help us out. Or come join us on YouTube members or in Patreon, where you can get exclusive access to some content, some loot, early access to basically everything we do, as well as regular competitions. Or you can pick up some Bonehead Podcast loot either on our website at boneheadpodcast.com. We've got the Dungeon Bowl things. We've got tokens and stuff like that. Or on our Spreadshirt site as well. Everything you do just helps us make more content and hopefully do it of better quality. Anyway, thank you very much for watching. Happy blocking.